Welcome to Table for One with your hosts, Beth Howdyshell. This is the thing, is that I can make anything fun. Alyssa Bell. Just remember I can make anything fun because I'm Beth! <laughs> Hannah Ingram. And I repeat, I am available. <laughs> and Rachel Michel. Boss. Are you a banana? Because I find you appealing. Well, hello, friends and future friends. Today, our podcast is going to be a little bit unique. We have found, with Alyssa gone and all of us in our pre-summer very busy lives, that we're not all in the same place and we have an episode coming out. So we have taken each portion and done it individually at a table, presumably for one, per person. We all have contributed to the meat and potatoes a little bit, but Hannah is really running that. Rachel, as usual, had the pickup line. Alyssa does a little bit of a salad because, you know, we need some health in our lives. And she's the one who's healthy. I had an almost healthy salady thing, but we're going to call it an appetizer. It's more like the veggies and dip and the dip is really what you're there for. And of course, as usual, we all got in on the dessert. Hope you enjoy this unique episode. All right, here's my veggies and dip for you. Hopefully heavy on the dip, because that's really why you eat carrots and celery, right? Why else do you eat those vegetables? They taste like nothing. Okay, what? anyway, I won't go off on a diatribe about actual vegetables. I saw a meme on Facebook the other day. There's a lot of, you know, stuff going back and forth about introverts and extroverts. And it's fascinated me, to be honest, because I am the most extreme extrovert you may ever meet. I get recharged by people very noticeably, and I love being around them. That doesn't mean I always have to have a party, or I always have to ha- I do like parties. But I can, I can do that recharging with a smaller group of people, and I love depth. But... I'm happier when I have been around people and I get very tired when I'm by myself. I get very lonely and sad when I'm by myself. I don't do well by myself very often. So I saw this meme and this is is what it said. It's like an introvert saying this to the world, right? It says, I need more people who understand that I still want to be invited, but I'm not going. And that kind of like, to be honest, made me feel a little like it stings a little. And I'll tell you why. As an extrovert, and as just the person I am, I love inviting everyone. In fact, I have to be careful with my friends who are not uh, extroverts to be sure that I have to, I check before I invite the world to something. Because I want to respect them too, and I know that large crowds can sometimes overwhelm them. So I'm not trying to be inconsiderate. And, and any of you who are my friends who are introverts, I hope you know how much I love you. And I hope that you see that I try very hard to understand where you're coming from. Like, I don't, I don't feel it, but I try and listen and I try and not take it personally when you need to go away and stuff like that. But this, this sort of, and maybe it was just the, the method, because it's a meme on Facebook, that kind of stung a little bit. Because... Here's the thing, I think it can hurt just as much to get rejected than not to be invited. 
And both of those things, I think, are bad. And I try to invite people all the time, even the ones that people are like, eh, they're probably not going to come. I'm like, yeah, well, they'd probably appreciate an invite. And I get, I get that side. I just hope that those of you who feel like I want to be invited, even though I don't want to go, understand that, man, it'd be really nice if you did say yes every so often. It gives me a little bit more motivation to invite you because I invite you because I want you to come. And I know that you're not always going to come. But rejection hurts as much as not getting invited. So just a little snippet for you to know. This isn't as funny if I don't have other people to bounce this off of and make jokes about this. Especially like an introvert. Because they have there's none to say back. So here's what I'm going to ask. How about you guys, listeners, send us via Facebook Messenger or Instagram. You can DM us. Both are at Table for One Pod. Tell us, first of all, where you're coming from. Are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? Do you agree with that statement? Do you feel like that? Or what do you feel? What's your perspective? What would be a piece of advice that you would give to your opposite friends? If you're an extrovert, what would a piece of advice for your introvert friends to understand extroverts a little better or the other way around? Lastly, something that maybe you have learned about your friends who are not like you that might help us understand a little better also. I'm all for us understanding each other better and loving each other better. And sometimes that means we all hanging out, woo! And sometimes that means, yo, I know you got to go take a few minutes and be by yourself. And that's cool. But let's let's try and bring some deeper understanding of you. Thanks, guys. At Table for One Pod, check us out, like us on Facebook, and send us that message. Hey, all. Alyssa here. Just uh, here to dish up some salad because I know you've been missing some healthy stuff from your life since I've been here in New York. Speaking of, currently on a whole ish 30. So there's that. (laughs) But as I was literally thinking like 10 minutes ago in the shower about what I might share (laughs) with you all, um, I was just thinking like as we're talking about dating philosophies and the way that we approach relationships, like I think it can be really easy for us to talk ourselves into a place where this one aspect of our life doesn't doesn't it's not that it doesn't matter but we don't think that it speaks loudly and I think the exact opposite is true like I think the way that we approach dating and relationships and friendships and sexuality I think the way that we approach those things actually says a ton about number one who we are number two our faith and number three our faithfulness You know, it's really easy to trust Jesus with the 10% of our income because it's a num like he asks us to give a number, it's a percentage, it's really easy for us to draw the line, but when he asks us to lay down our lives or to carry our crosses or to trust him in his timing, those things are a little bit more abstract and a little bit more difficult for us to do. Um... I mean, at least if you're me. 
so I wanted to just read, I wanted to just read a portion of scripture. Sorry, I'm reading it as I talk about it. A portion of scripture that is truthfully always used, but I think we should just, I think we need to go back to it time and time again um, to remind ourselves and refresh ourselves that this season, even in this waiting, the way that we handle it, the way that we approach it, the way that we surrender it, the way that we don't squander it, says so much. Other people are watching. (laughs) Other people are watching us. Other people have their eyes on us. So this is from 1 Timothy chapter 4, and Paul is giving Timothy instructions as to how to keep good order in the church and how to lead well. He says, if you point out these instructions to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Jesus Christ, constantly nourished through study on the words of faith and the good Christian doctrine which you have closely followed, but have nothing to do with irreverent folklore or silly myths. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, keeping yourself spiritually fit. For physical training is of some value, but godliness, spiritual training, is of value in everything and in every way since it holds the promise for the present life and for the life to come. This is a faithful and trustworthy saying, worthy of full acceptance and approval. It is for this that we labor and strive, often call to account, because we have fixed our confident hope on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe in him, recognize him as the Son of God, and accept him as Savior and Lord. Keep commanding and teaching these things. Let no one look down on you because of your youth, but be an example and set a pattern for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in moral purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching, and to teaching the sound doctrine of God's word. Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you, that special endowment which was intentionally bestowed on you by the Holy Spirit through prophetic utterance when the elders laid their hands on you at your ordination. Practice and work hard on these things. Be absorbed in them, completely occupied in your ministry, so that your progress will be evident to all. Pay close attention to yourself. Concentrate on your personal development and to your teaching. Persevere in these things. Hold to them. For as you do this, you will ensure salvation, both for yourself and for those who hear you. So again, I just think for everyone out there who says dating is just a thing I do, it's not the thing that I am, I just want to challenge you like, to think about what your dating philosophy, the way that you approach relationships, what does that say about you? For people looking on from the outside, what does that say about you? For people watching you within the church, What does that say about you? For younger people who want to be you, what does it say about you? And for God, the Father, (laughs) looking on, hoping that you will trust in his timing, in his purpose, in his way, and in his perfect provision, what does that say about you? So for our meat and potatoes, we're going to continue talking about different perspectives. 
specifically different perspectives when it comes to dating philosophies or how you view dating, what you think the purpose is, how it should happen. So we sent out a survey several weeks ago and got quite a few different results, so we're going to share those with you. And then we also have a bunch of 30-second blips of different people just stating their dating philosophy in a few sentences, kind of giving their background and then what they think dating should look like. Okay, so here are the survey results of the dating philosophy survey that you have been waiting for four weeks. Question number one, why do you want to be or why are you in a relationship? Nearly 75% of people said that they liked the team aspect of a relationship. Almost 50% say that they have met the one or think they might have met the one. And then about 35% said it's lonely to be single or it's fun to date. 13% of the people that answered our survey said they were actually happy not dating for now. And only 4%, this was the lowest answer, said that a reason to date would be because everybody else is. Question number two was, if you are or when you were single, which options best described why you are not or were not in a relationship? Apparently, it's hard to find good options, as 75% of people said a lack of good options around is why they were single, followed by 50% saying the reason they are single is that the good options turned them down or didn't show interest. So I guess my question would be, is there actually a lack of good options or are those great people out there just not attracted to each other? Who knows? Question number three, what option most accurately describes what you're looking for in your next or your current relationship? Looks like we've got some committed people as listeners as 91% of people said they were looking for a long-term relationship that would end in marriage. 4% said they were looking for a long-term relationship but not one that ended in marriage. And then 4% went with the other answer, which was generally along the lines of, we're not ready for a relationship, um, but someday we'd like to pursue marriage. Question number four was an open-ended question asking, if you had to summarize your philosophy of dating, your goal and methods in dating, what would it be? We got a variety of answers. Some are short and sweet, some are a bit more detailed, and each one focuses on a slightly different aspect of what people value in a relationship. We'll start with some of those more detailed ones. Uh, here's the first. They say, the goal is marriage. Methods, get to know each other's values, beliefs, life direction and calling. Evaluate for red flags, such as anger, habitual selfishness, laziness, etc. Evaluate conflict resolution skills. Compare work, family, and money expectations. Get to know each other in your family dynamics. And judge whether each of you can complement each other's strengths and weaknesses. Covered a lot of ground there. Another one of those more thorough ones is the goal of marriage. The goal is marriage in every relationship. Otherwise, it's a waste of time. But that means that at first, the goal is to see if compatibility for marriage is truly a reality. And then if they seem like a good fit for life and ministry. Methods? Difficult to say. Ask them out and then be best friends who express their true feelings and kiss each other? Question mark. We have a couple answers that find friendship as a crucial part of a relationship. One person says that their dating philosophy is to find someone who is their best friend and partner in all things. Another person says you need to find someone you can be friends with. Goal is a friend or partner you can have wherever you live so you don't have to do all the work yourself and you can have at least one deep friendship present if you move far away. 
Other people focus more on the fact that it needs to be God-centered and end in marriage. One person says a dating relationship that does not have a reasonable chance of leading to marriage would not be worth pursuing. And another says they are looking to find someone who loves Jesus a whole lot and makes them love him more. My name is Rachel Michaud. I am 21. My current relationship status is engaged. I have not technically had a boyfriend. There's been a thing or two here and there, but never technically had a boyfriend until I met my fiance and we dated for, gosh, I don't even know how long it was. That's really embarrassing. Nine months or eight months. I think it might've been technically eight months before we got engaged. Yeah. So my dating philosophy is that I don't date anyone without the intention of marriage. So basically, like, if it's not going to go anywhere, if I don't have a reason to believe that it could go somewhere, then I would not go on a date with you. I think that dating is something that's special and it should be held in such a way. So I guess my dating philosophy is get to know each other as friends first before you date and then from there on if you feel like you don't know them or you don't like what you're seeing then don't date them or if you do then you can my name is paul 28 i had about three real relationships the longest one was a little over two years. We were pretty much engaged. I hadn't officially proposed, but we had plans to be married after I got back from deployment. However, the relationship didn't survive that. Uh, My dating philosophy is, you know, you date to try to find something that is gonna work out. I took a little bit of a break from really trying to date after the last couple didn't really work out. I don't really, go too fast into dating. I try not to rush into it. I like to take my time, take things slow, and get to know someone because attraction is always going to be there, but you want to have something to build off of first. My name is Colby, and I'm 20, and I am a single Pringle ready to mingle. I have been in like two like brief couple month long relationships. <laughs> My dating philosophy is uh, find someone who you really vibe with and find someone who you can serve God with. My name is Alyssa Marie Bell. Social security number is zero two. Just kidding. I wouldn't do that. I will tell you my real age though. I'm 31 and nearly a half years old. Current relationship status, super duper duper single. However, I do have a dog. Does that count? Brief history of relationships. I've only ever had one boyfriend. I was 16. Don't even really count it. Um, because like how serious can that relationship be? Oh, also, did I mention that we were long distance? Yeah. So that was the deal. (laughs) Um, but I have been in a relationship with my dog for nearly six years. So if that counts for anything, my philosophy on dating is that it shouldn't be a big deal. Now, this is me, a person who does not go on dates, talking about how it shouldn't be a big deal. But like, I don't think that there is anything wrong with people getting coffee to get to know each other. I think we should be more willing to do that. 
I, my philosophy on dating also is that, like, I'm not here to mess around. Listen, 31 years old, my biological clock is ticking. I would like to adopt more dogs. I would like to maybe, you know, not always cook for one. I'm not messing around with this time thing. So the purpose of my dating and honestly, my not dating is because I think that pursuing a relationship with someone should lead towards marriage. And I've not ever had anyone who I was interested in who was also interested in me that I felt like we could have that kind of relationship. And I guess that's why I'm super duper single. My name is Webster Toffs. I'm 22 years old, single, never been in a serious relationship, mostly just a couple really good friendships that almost turned into something more but didn't, which was, they were good things in hindsight. I think dating should only be done with purpose and shouldn't be done to like play the field, so to speak. My name is Nathan Parks and I'm 48 years old. I will be married 24 years in October. Back when I dated, I would say that I had one significant relationship in high school that was for over a year, which actually made me go into a different style of dating, which was essentially I would do one date with any person. Part of dating for me is recon, trying to figure out the values and beliefs and the worldview of a person and how they might match with my values and worldview and so forth. I think some of the interesting conversations I had in those spaces were literally letting people know that I was going to be going into the ministry and that um, that is gonna require a few no's in people's lives. My name is Hannah and I recently turned 25. I I'm not recently single because I've been single my whole life. I have gone on dates with several different guys and newly dated at one point, but have never actually been in a relationship. My dating philosophy or kind of how I view dating is um, basically everybody is worth getting to know. So whether it's going on dates or spending time with people in groups, like give everyone a shot, kind of learn about them in different contexts because... A lot of times people will shine in different areas. So essentially I'd say, might as well always give it a shot. But um, once you actually get to know people, and before you actually start dating, or it's exclusive, and you're kind of committed to each other, at least informally, at that point you should know that you share some major beliefs and morals, and that you are both at least considering the possibility of marriage. Now that you know that you're going to get married, but that it is a possibility. My name is Josh. I'm 25 and I'm single. I've dated one girl for three and a half years and then three others, which lasted from three months to a year, some of whom I've dated twice. My dating philosophy is that dating is usually really fun and exciting, but it has the potential to be catastrophic and damaging and life-changing for better or for worse. And what's going to make the difference is the goal and the means of the relationship and the way that you two match. A relationship can be really fun and nice, but a waste of time or a distraction from what matters most. Or a relationship can be with someone who builds you up, challenges you, supports you, turns your eyes to God, and helps you become a better person. 
The right person will share your core beliefs, values, and convictions to a similar strength that you have them. Dating, then, should be done for the purpose of evaluating a relationship for marriage and then pursuing that goal of marriage together. Hi, I'm Tim Morrison. I'm 29 and single and just became a licensed architect. I've been in a couple relationships, but they were when I was in college and were long-distance relationships. Since then, I've not been on any dates, but would like to. The best piece of relationship advice that I was given and now follow was from my pastor in college. He said that when you are thinking of getting into a relationship, there are two ways it will end. You'll either break up or get married. I add a third morbid possibility of one could die, but that's just me. But his advice was, if you know that the person you are dating is not what you consider marriage material, why are you getting into the relationship to begin with? All right, my name is Beth, and I'm 34, though I'm very close to 35. When this comes out, I will be just eight days from being 35, so we'll call it 35. I am still single and have been for almost 35 years. I have never been in a relationship. I can still count the number of dates I have been on with my fingers and toes. Actually, fingers and toe. It's 11, so not many. My philosophy on dating over time has changed, and I think that that's good. Not only have I thought more about it than I had, whatever, 10, 20 years ago when I was 15, but I think it should change based on your stage in life and what you're doing. The way that you date should change. I think the key things for me is ultimately, I think it's still aimed towards finding someone to marry. But that pressure doesn't have to be there on every date, right? Especially every first date. I think it's important to see someone you're potentially going to marry in various seasons of life and various environments. And so going on dates, you know, and then just getting into a relationship and going from there, wherever you place this, I think seeing them in a group of people, of your friends, of their friends, of their family, your family, maybe even their work environment, and in different times in life, and as dumb as it sounds, actual seasons of the year, based on kind of how things go. So maybe like a year of seeing them before, you know, making any decisions or commitments. That doesn't mean you have to date for a year before you can even talk about marriage, but you'll want to see them in various seasons and stages of life and different situations and different whatever. Even at my age, I think time is on my side. I am impatient, but I also think that that's kind of important. There's not really any substitute for time. Hello, my name is Ben. I'm 26. I was married, but my relationship ended after just about a year. When my relationship ended, my dating styles and beliefs changed quite a bit. I recently read a book called Love, Sex, and Lasting Relationships by Chip Ingram, and, well, it had a big impact on my view of dating. In the book, Chip talks about the Hollywood formula to dating, which typically, as the Hollywood style goes, boy or girl sees an attractive person, they talk to them, the emotions flow, they meet their family and friends who oftentimes give them warnings, then start to see the true person and don't always like what they see. Then in some cases, they turn to spirituality to try to save or preserve the relationship. Chip calls for a complete reversal of this, placing spirituality first and getting to know the real person face second, and so on. The only way that you can really get to know the real person is, well, you guessed it, being friends first. 
It is my full belief that friendship comes first in every strong relationship. It is also important to not let your emotions let you become totally infatuated by the other person, as this is not how a healthy relationship should ever start. Hi, my name is Brian Cabana, and I am 55 years old, and I've been married to my wonderful wife for 13 years. My dating philosophy early in my life was to date women that were a lot like me as far as personality and also kind of met my worldly expectations of, of what they should look like. And they were rather short-term relationships. I was sort of made my decisions quickly at that point. But then when I hit my 30s, I ended up with longer-term relationships. My last relationship before I got married was about a year and a half. And after that one, I was a little disappointed uh, when it broke up. But God led me to a book that changed my perspective. And it basically said, stop trying to find women that are like you, but instead get to know women and get to know what they're like and see what their godly attributes are. And uh, that's how I met Susan and, uh, and the rest is history. Hey guys, I'm Morgan Ingram. I'm 29 years old and I am married. I have been married for almost seven years to my husband, Caleb. Um, so I am an Ingram by marriage. I am Hannah's sister-in-law and we have three girls that are five, three, and one. Caleb was my first boyfriend, my only boyfriend, first kiss, all that. I didn't date anyone prior to him, but got asked out a lot from junior high all the way until, um, I met Caleb, but there was only one other guy that I ever like went out with and he uh, was talking to another girl when he like walked into the restaurant. I was like, this is not gonna work, sorry. Um, but I had some, some specific things that I knew that I wanted to see in a guy prior to even going on a date. My thought when I was when I was single was like, if I'm not interested enough in a guy to like want to actually go spend that time with him, I'm not going to just waste that time just to see because I have girlfriends I can just go hang out with on the weekends and not have to go sit through an awkward dinner with a, with a guy I'm not that interested in. So um, I knew it had to be someone that I was captivated enough just by talking with them that I would like really want to pursue that. And then I saw that they were a person that was pursuing God, um, not just because they wanted to date me, but I already saw that action in their life and that was pretty much those are pretty much my only standards okay can you tell everyone your name my name is Hallie Hallie Ingram mm-hmm Hallie Ingram how old are you five mm-hmm and have you ever liked a boy before um yes yes tell me all about it um it's Johan Okay, so have you ever been married before? Um, no. Okay, so when you're a grown-up lady and you meet a guy kind of like your daddy and he's a really sweet guy that loves Jesus, what are you going to do? I don't know. Maybe I'll marry him, but if I find another person that's better right before I get married, then I'll pick him instead, if he, if he's better than that guy. But if he's not better than that guy, then I'll pick the other guy. How would you know if he's better than the first guy? Well, because I'll ask them lots of questions. Like what? Any questions? Wedding bride stuff. What kind of questions? Wedding bride stuff. Wedding bride stuff? Oh, I gotcha. What kind of things should a wedding bride ask? Do you have a suit? Do you have a suit? Yeah, do you have the suit for it? Oh. 
And is, do you have a wedding dress and a wedding bonnet for me? Wow. So we can have a prayer day. And then we've got a few short and sweet ones. One person says, their dating philosophy is, make her laugh, make her food, ask her out, three-step process. I wish I knew who said that, but I don't because it was anonymous. Another short and sweet one is, the goal of dating is to find someone to marry. Bam. And then, maybe the least helpful but humorous answer is someone that said, I don't like open-ended questions. Dessert time! So it was my birthday recently, which meant that my friends bought me ice cream twice in the same week. I went to Dairy Queen and got an assortment of blizzards. Okay, it was just one each time, but that was pretty great. And still eating the like 12 tons of Easter candy that Rachel got. I think that's about it. Let me tell you about all of the dessert that I've eaten. Truthfully, it's actually not been a ton. Well, I don't know. I feel like I've either not eaten any, so I can't remember. I've eaten so much, so I can't remember. It's a very fine line. So I traveled to Oklahoma City for work this past weekend. And I had a ton of really good food while I was there. In terms of desserts, we did go to two different ice cream places. One of them was Roxy's in Oklahoma City. And then the other one was called Capitals. And, well, that was also in Oklahoma City. But they were both very different kinds of ice cream. At Roxy's, I got the mango ice cream, which was really good, very different. They had different flavors, but it's like handmade ice cream. At Capitals, it's one of those make-your-own ice cream flavor things. But it's not like Cold Stone where they're folding in toppings. It's like they literally have ice cream base and then they add the stuff that you want to it and put it in this weird blender thing that actually like turns it into the ice cream and it blends it all together. So they had a bunch of like really scary, not scary, really like overwhelming flavors. So I just went very simple and I did banana peanut butter and it was good. I liked it. The one thing I would say would be like the texture, it tasted good, but it was just way too smooth. I like ice cream with a little bit of texture. So there were those things. And then recently Trader Joe's launched a new product, Rachel, heads up. It's called Mochi Cake. And it's like, if you've ever had those, the mochi ice cream things, they're, they're these ice cream, Japanese ice cream treats wrapped in rice paper. And these are supposed to kind of taste like that, except it's like a Hawaiian flavor, so I don't understand. But it's made with sweet rice flour, and there's coconut and coconut milk in it. And it's kind of like a really gelatinous cake, if I can say that. Um, anyways, I bought it to try it. It was okay. The edges were really good. The rest of it, I was not, I was not that crazy about Oh, I also went over my boss's house to have brunch with him, his wife and his family, and they made, they make pumpkin pancakes from scratch, 
And so I brought some gluten-free flour and we made gluten-free pumpkin pancakes. And they do this thing with their syrup, which was really cool and yummy. And they blend together maple syrup and cream cheese. So weird, but it's like, but it was really good, especially on the pumpkin pancakes. So I would, I would do that again. 10 out of 10 would recommend. All right, it's time for dessert. Well, tonight I had a s'more. First fire of the season. That was exciting. I had it on cinnamon graham crackers with a Reese's, obviously. Also in the last week, I've had Dairy Queen twice and I had the same thing because it's awesome. The Royal Reese's Blizzard. I feel like I missed a word in there. But anyway, it's got like peanut butter down the middle of it, but then it's also... Oh, brownie. That's the word I forgot because there's like brownie and Reese's chunks in it. It's really good. I might never get anything else at Dairy Queen. Anyway, I was going to get a dessert taco that sounded really amazing at the taco tour down in Manchester. We had some great tacos, but when we got to the place that was supposed to have the great dessert taco... It was closed, so apparently they were out, which was sad. Also, in the last since the last episode, I've eaten too many Cadbury mini eggs. We have a basket of like leftover Easter candy, and I demolished the like bag of Cadbury mini eggs because they're so good. Okay, desserts this week, or I guess since the last time we recorded. Okay. Hannah and I went to Niagara Falls and we could not find the source of this, but it literally smelled like chocolate and it was amazing and I don't know what it was, but it smelled delicious and that made my mouth water for a really long time. So then we had to go get this other dessert because our mouths were watering from the chocolate smell. I don't remember what we got now. Hmm. I think it was some kind of like caramel chocolate thing but it was really good and then I also had a crap ton of junk food because I got two Easter baskets this year before you hate on me I never got an Easter basket growing up so I think life is just making up for it by giving me two Easter baskets each year when I'm an adult I don't know is that how it works so yeah I got a lot of popcorn and chocolate and um wait wait way too much chocolate was a lot but it's almost gone now i had to help don't judge me nine months and my dating philosophy flossing Definitely was past the day I was supposed to be due. We're not going to put that in. All right, I'm going to be honest with you right now. I am recording this holding pillows up to my face because my new apartment is too big. I can still hear it echoing. It's too big and I don't have enough stuff. That's like such a stupid first world problem. But every time I listen to these recordings back, I can tell it's so echoey. So I'm trying to make it, trying to make it better. Um, is this better? I don't know. Beth, I'm adding in a few seconds of white noise in case you need to drain it out. Here it goes. Hannah, there's your three minute response to the, the one minute 
requested um, thingy majiggy. Sorry, that was like two minutes long and um, I realized it was supposed to be like 60 seconds, so please cut out all of the terrible things I said. Thanks, Beth. Need for, gosh, I'm killing this. I'm gonna start this kind of over after my intro. Beth, you can probably cut that whole first part of scripture. I mean, I know it's scripture, so maybe don't cut it, but like that scripture is not important, you know? <laughs> I can hear you rolling over in your grave, you old hag. Okay, what do you like about him? Um, he... Is that he was the little thing that dad wears? The little sword in the button-up stuff? But don't have sleeves that you button up, the ones that are like this. Overalls? Yeah. He wear, you like him because he wears overalls? He didn't wear overalls. I'm talking about farmer pants. <coughs> no. no, stuff that go right here. A belt? No, stuff that go right here and it goes around the arm. A tank top? No, <sighs> and it has buttons on it in the front. A button-down shirt? No. <laughs>